You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Oh. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? Oh, screw the Drake! I love the Drake! and welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will be looking at two eras of Tim Drake. One will be the classic 90s 2000 Tim Drake Robin and Red Robin series, while the second will be taking a look at Tim Drake in the current era of DC Comics Rebirth and Beyond, most notably Detective Comics or whatever books Tim appears in that month. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. This podcast is also affiliated with BatmanPodcastNetwork.com, which is a sister site to Batman on Film. So you can check out Batman on Film and Batman Podcast Network to see the other plethora of podcasts that Batman on Film helps sponsor. You can also get a hold of the show a few different ways on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Everyone Loves the Drake. We have a Twitter feed at ELTD Podcast. Catch your breath, Rob. You can email the show <laughs> at Robin, ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. And our newest endeavor is over at YouTube. And in the search engine, you can just type in Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake Podcast. I am a very uh, winded host, Rob Myers. And with me is my good buddy, Terrence O'Neill. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. And uh, I've got a couple questions for you, but I'll, I'll let you introduce Ryan and then I'll ask you. And. 
Back with us again is our good buddy, Ryan Haas. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, guys. All right. Ask me a question, Terrence, so I can catch right. my breath. <laughs> catch your breath. How was your Batman day? Because uh, we haven't talked Ooh. since Batman day. Oh, yeah. I think, day. Did you win the, the trivia contest at Barnes & Noble? Because I had an interesting experience me too. at Barnes & Noble. And I was wondering how it went for you because I saw your poster on uh, – I think it was uh, Facebook. But yeah. Um, I did win the – uh, trivia challenge, I scored a perfect 12. Second place was my wife. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so how, how did they do it at your did – they? they did um, – yeah, they had their – they waited it. You know, I think it was 2 o'clock I think is when Barnes & Noble was doing it. Then they were having like story time for the kids. I don't know how your Barnes & Noble set up, but the top floor is like where all the kids' games and all that stuff is. So we did a story time up there, waited till that was done. Then down on the main floor where like the collectibles and magazines were, at least in my location, they had a table set up for all the coloring pages. And it was really funny. They're like, okay, we're going to let the kids color. And they were kind of scanning the room of like if there were adults to participate in the trivia challenge mm-hmm. or they were just going to you know, put the kids in it. But um, I'll grab my uh sheet of questions here because it might be kind of fun to let you know what the questions are like if you yeah. guys didn't so they kind of I think is it that funny i think we all, all it sounds like all three of us did this <laughs> so yeah. it'll be actually a yeah. fun thing yeah so um and it was really funny the guy was really kind of a nerd and i mean that in the most respectful way and kind of a nerdy way at the same time he's like okay adults we're gonna watch the kids color for a little bit if that's okay with you guys and then we'll get to the trivia <laughs> we're kind of like there was, what, I think nine of us. I'm hoping my wife is in earshot to hear me say this. Uh, it was at least nine or ten uh, people that were there. So we were kind of sitting there, and he could kind of scan the room and go, mm, okay, well, let's just start the trivia challenge. So there were four, and when I use the word adults, I mean adults, like over 25. There were probably six adults there, and then the other you know, four or five were probably um, 16 to maybe 13 that were there. So they just passed out the papers. We you know, took the test, and they, they said, we're going to do the honor system, and we'll, they, we read through all the questions. You just checked off the ones that you had wrong, and um, then he just asked, okay, who got all 12 right? And I raised my hand, and I was the only one. I was like, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, who got 11 right? And my wife sheepishly raises her hand, and there was a tie. So um, there was a tiebreaker question in there, and she got that right. She looked over at me, and she goes, I really hate and love what you've done to me. (laughs) She's like, I can sit down and take all of these questions and uh, get them right. Um, So what was your guys' Barnes & Noble (laughs) thing like? Oh, man. So you had, like, a good experience. I'm mad, too. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I showed up. At like 1:45, like 15 minutes before the scheduled event, but I didn't know what would come first or anything. So they were like, they had like it was kind of in the back. It's a one level with uh, store. It was kind of in the back. There was probably four or five kids, little kids, um, and like one guy with a Batman shirt, and they were like doing coloring. And there was like two or three employees, and one employee was dressed like Harley Quinn. Which was actually a pretty fairly decent costume, um, and she had like the face makeup on and stuff. And they said, "All right, we're going to start at two o'clock. We're going to start the trivia contest first. 
And they, they look at me, and I was there with my wife and my youngest daughter, who's 11. And they're like, oh, do you want a color? And I was like, oh, well, they had a word search. So I'm like, oh, I'll do the word search. So we were sitting there. We're doing the word search. <laughs> uh, a couple more people came. So I'd say there was less than 10 people um, total. And the, the little kids were just all coloring. And there's like uh, two or three kids who looked like maybe like 14 or 16-ish or so. And they were at one table. And then we were at the other table. And then at 2 o'clock, we're getting ready to start. And they're like taking forever to get started. And they're like, oh, we're going to do uh, – we're going to say a question, and whoever gets it right gets a Popsicle stick. Uh, and, what? Yeah, and then they're like – Now are you drawing Popsicle sticks for like the poster or something stupid? Yeah, for the – Oh, for the my God. Oh. And they're like, whoever has the most Popsicle sticks at the end wins. And we're like, oh, okay. And then they were taking forever, forever. And then some guy shows up with his little kid, and they're both wearing Batman – costumes like the ones you get at like like walmart or yeah. target like yeah. full body but they weren't like like oh my like cosplay like oh my gosh but you know and the kid is like embarrassed and it took him like a good 10 minutes to get over to the table and everyone's like oh look at little batman but i'm like come on get this going here you know poster. <laughs> yeah and so it was i was more annoyed so they finally yeah. get the kid over and the guy's dressed as batman there in like the Adam West kind of Batman, the very blue Batman. And so they they start the trivia contest and they like say the first question and we're like, well, what do we do? Do we shout out? And they were really easy. It was like, like, uh, what what's is the real name? name of Penguin, Jack yeah. Ryder, Bruce Wayne, yeah. Oswald Cobblepot, Jim Gordon? <laughs> right. So they, they, uh, they do the first question and we're like, no one knew. And like he shouted out. So they're like, all right, well, you raise your hand. And then the first person to raise their hand answers the question. So we're like, okay. So then they ask, they start asking the question, and I realize like they're real easy, and they're like, oh no no no, you have to wait till the question is done, and then the first person who raises their hand gets picked. <laughs> and we're like, oh okay. But the one employee was reading the questions, and she would like, she would just, she was like really meek and mousy, so she would just kind of trail off like. This was the name of Batman's second Robin. And I, you never quite knew when it was ending. And Jason the guy, Todd! Yeah, and the guy dressed as Batman kept raising his hand way before the question was over. And he was, like, cheating. And they would say, like, no, don't, no, no, too soon. But then they'd call on him anyway. And I'd be like, well, what the heck? And then the people at the other table, they weren't even looking. So then some woman was like, you're not looking over here. They're raising their hand. And then the Harley Quinn oh lady's my. like, well, try to call on everybody equally. And, like, people would raise their hand. And she'd be like, well, that person hasn't answered one yet. So call on them. And, you know, for wow. the kids, I was like – I was like, okay, like if if there's like a the twelve year old kid there and he hasn't been called on, call on him. But the forty five year old guy in the Batman suit should know better, right? And so, after about three questions, my wife kind of like sensed what was going on, and she was just got stressed and she just left. And so it was just me and my stepdaughter Danielle just sitting there, and she, the guy in the Batman suit's raising his hand way before the question's done, and they're calling on him. And my stepdaughter is getting like really, really angry. And she's like, this is bull crap. He, he, Just stand in front of him and yeah. raise her hand in front of him. And so like after about like seven questions, like I, I, I got, I think about three of them they called on me. One was like when, uh, what day was the Dark Knight Rise, uh, the Dark Knight released, um, and a couple others. But, um, all of them I thought were e fairly easy. 
And uh, so then my daughter just got up and left. She's like, forget this. I'm out of here. <laughs> and so then I'm just sitting there. And after about two more questions of uh, the guy in the Batman getting it way before he should have, I just got up and left. And then um, so then the next day I went on BarnesandNoble.com to complain. And like I did, I, too. Yeah. Oh, and they had like this this help thing, like like uh, interactive. So I typed in what happened and they're like, well, you have to contact customer service. And they gave me the email for customer service. So I copied and pasted that complained and it got sent back saying this email in- address is invalid and then i went back and i'm like the email address is invalid and like well that's the right one and then like well you can call this number monday and then i'm like you know what just i just forget i'm just done with all this so <laughs> my batman day was was not quite that great oh. so ryan uh, did you have a similar experience well okay so terrence you got no poster yeah Rob, you you did get the good poster yes uh we got two posters. Yeah, he got the Jim Lee one. Yeah. We, we got the oh. Jim Lee, and then they no. had an extra of the – I'm going to get the name wrong. Uh, it's not Scott McDaniel. Um, Sean Murphy. Uh, Sean Murphy, mm-hmm. black and white, yesterday, which I think Snyder is going to be using for an upcoming uh, All-Star Batman cover. But anyway. Interesting. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, you, you, three of those. you had the best experience. I, I was super excited about Batman Day. I think – Last year was was by far way better than this year's. Yes. Because last year they had different variant covers at different retailers, and all the retailers had cool little perks and little things. But so this year, the only two places you could really go to do anything would be your local comic store or um, Barnes and Noble, obviously. And at my local comic store, they had they did not get the Batman Day variant, and they were just like pissed because they ordered them and they didn't get them. But they had like. A sale on like everything. All their variant covers were like fifty percent off, so I got like a really expensive Dark Knight three variant for like half off, which I wouldn't have done, but since it was half off, I got it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I did that second. Oh, and I also got one of the the special Batman Day T shirts too. So, uh, oh, we I, showed me and my yeah. Did you know that they had those? no? I did not. Yeah, DC Collectibles had two different shirts. One has is like a Batman logo made up of Batman words like Dark Knight and Cape Crusader and stuff makes a bat logo. Hmm. And the other one is a Frank Miller Batman. So one's shirt's white and the Frank Miller shirt's black. Uh, and they each have the Batman Day logo with the actual Batman Day of this year on it. Cool. Um, yeah, so that was pretty nice. So I got one of those way beforehand. And obviously so I could wear it on Batman Day. So me and my wife go to Barnes & Noble at 2 o'clock for the Batman Day thing. And I walk in, and there's the woman at the front, and she's got the Batman Day shirt on, or the Batman shirt, just a regular Batman shirt. And uh, she's like, well, what are you here for? I'm like, I'm here for Batman Day. And she's like, okay, well, it's over there where, you know, they have the the uh, cookbooks and stuff and they in the corner or whatever, and they've got the whole thing set up with the all the free Barnes Noble comics and the coloring stuff and all that. And so my wife colored a whole page and uh, they were trying to get, they were trying to get ready for the trivia. And the, the way they organized it was actually pretty, <clears throat> pretty smart. I thought, so they waited around until uh, enough people were there to, to do it. And of course I was in the front row with my Batman day shirt and I was the first person there. And the guy was there and he was like, Oh, so you're here for the trivia. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and I, and I was like, because I want to win that poster. I want that poster, sir. And he was like, well, I don't know if it's the poster you think it is. I'm like, well, the Internet says it's this cool Batman Day poster with Jim Lee art and stuff. And he's like, well, I got we're going to we're going to use those posters for the kids. And I'm uh, like, I've heard a couple places that did that. And I've got something way better for the adults. And I'm like, OK, but I really 
I'm like, what's better than a Batman Day exclusive one poster per store Jim Lee poster? You know, I'm like, what's better than that? <laughs> yeah, it better say Jim Lee on it, whatever you're giving me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what's better than a Batman Day exclusive thing? Like, and, that, and Ryan, just sorry to interrupt you, but that is not really a poster suitable for children. It's like, no, no, that's exactly really what I thought, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm like, that is not even a kid's poster. I'm like, I'm like, make if it's a. If, okay, so what ended up happening was I was so upset about this. Um, is that they did two rounds of trivia? They did one for adults and one for kids, and they did it. Uh, they did the adult questions first, and then they did the kids questions uh, second. And uh, they just everybody had the same sheet of paper with like twenty four questions. It was like twelve adult questions, twelve kid questions, and. Uh, you know, the adults could answer the kid questions and vice versa, but the only ones that counted for whichever group were, you know, the, your actual questions. So they just went down the list and, like, you did the whole honor system thing. So they w- we went down the list and uh, asked the questions. And um, and at the end, they, you know, the guy would say what the question was, and then, like, I would just blurt out the answer. He was like, because he would be like, what year was Batman created? And I'll be like, 1939. And he'd be like, yes. And so eventually it got to the point where he was just saying what the questions were and then just like pointing to me so, <laughs> so I could answer it. Um, and uh, and then they get to the kid questions, which like you said, I don't know, maybe the maybe the quote kid questions were ones that just got sent to every Barnes Noble. I'm not sure because one of the questions was was like multiple choice. Who is uh, the ping? What's the penguin's real name and stuff like that. There were some harder questions for adults, which I wrote down, which I can go through too if you at the same time you do, Rob. But yeah. uh, but at the end, so like I answered all the questions and I got like. I got like two questions wrong actually, uh, because they were kind of, there were some actually some head, head scratchers. Um, but for every question he got, uh, he asked, he had like a comic book example of it. So when he was like, okay, Batman was created in 1939, and, and then he had like a, a, an older issue of Detective Comics where Batman's holding up like Batman number one and Detective Comics 30, uh, 27, and then he's like, okay, and then. He had another question. He had like the first appearance of Bullock. So we had like a cool old comic book for every question uh, pair. And I was like, oh man, is that going to be the prize? Like the winner gets all these cool old comics? <laughs> no. no. No, the answer is oh. no. Um, so what happened is at the end, he's like, okay, so the kids get uh, the kids get the, the winner of the kids trivia gets the cool Batman Day poster. I'm like, dang it. And he's like, oh, we have an extra one. Let's give that to the second place of the kids. I'm like, what? Oh. I'm like, yeah, at the very least, you could have used one of the posters for the uh, for the adults and one for the kids. And so, what the adult prize was, which was so much better, was a set of three Batman v Superman posters, which was the armored Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in a in a little uh, pack. I have so those too. It was th- yeah, it was three BBS <laughs> posters, and uh, and the kids got the super awesome exclusive Jim Lee poster. So I was pretty pissed. Um, and I did the same thing, Terrence. I I. I uh, <laughs> I emailed Barnes and Noble. I emailed Barnes and Noble and with the whole spiel, and then they were like, "Sorry, uh, we can't. Uh, we there's no way you can get that poster." <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "Thanks, thanks, guys." Yeah, I was kind of like, maybe if I complain, they'll send me one, but it didn't work either. Yeah, so. yeah. And I've but, been looking on eBay every day, and I have not seen yet. I've yet to see one on eBay. Wow. Our uh, our Barnes and Noble had two of the Jim Lee posters. And with my wife coming in second, there was another guy ahead of me, sitting in the row ahead of me, that I 
there was like a three-way tie between my wife and then this two, uh, other two couple. No, not, I'm sorry, not three. She came in second, and then the two of them had tied because they had like a, a two-way tie there because uh, they went through like a tiebreaker. We're, we're figuring all that out. So he said, well, rather than give two of the same people or two of the same family, two of the same posters, um, that's where he pulled out the Sean Murphy one. So we had this leftover from last year, so gave that to my wife, and then the other two got the second Jim Lee poster. I saw the uh, the two families with the kids like uh, walking out with the posters, just like waving them around and crimping them up and stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god! Probably took it home and colored on it and stuff. I'm like, no. Let's put this on it the wall. Terrible. Johnny, go get the thumbtacks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I did have one good Batman Day thing, and that is, I really enjoyed uh, Ryan your Batman on film uh, oh, Batman yeah. Day podcast. Same and, here. Uh, it, it was turned funny. into a four-hour extravaganza. I think. I know it's <laughs> hilarious because I like I like Rick Shue. I think he's I think he's really great. I'm not trying to rag on him, but he's just so funny. I was like, yeah, I can only talk for a second. I just want to say hi. I got to run, and then he went on for forty-five like minutes yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the was plumber. hilarious. The, the plumber's going to be great. here any moment, and yeah. you know, the literally, the plumber showed up like right the second he said bye <laughs> so he yeah. timed it perfectly because that was the plan the plan was to do all the all that stuff that three episodes worth it was the plan was to do all of that in one episode wow. and then yeah which was obviously lofty expectations because we were like okay we'll just do this batman movie ranking <laughs> thing and then uh and then we did just rick's list and it was 45 minutes and we're like holy crap <laughs> we're not going to get through this but uh, can I just say two things? One, I, I I feel your agony and pain on trying to rank the Dark Knight trilogy because oh, each yeah. movie oh. is so unique. I mean, it's a credit to Nolan that he could make movies that were so unique and so different yet also fit each other so well. Yeah. And uh, and where each one came out in like your life affects like how you feel about it. And yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I mean, you could just flip a, a coin for which one's better. And you can make an argument for any one of them. So, yeah. and there's that whole emotional component, which is hard to take out of just evaluating it as like an art form. So, um, yeah. yeah, that was really cool to hear. And then um, when you guys were talking about the um, the serials and all that, there's a book, mm-hmm. um, and I got it on Kindle for like two ninety nine because I think it's, it's about four hundred and fifty pages. So like the paperback or the the hardcovers kind of expensive but it's cheap on kindle no it's oh, okay million dollar batman and uh i don't really know much about who wrote it or or that i could look it up but um this guy details like everything about the serials the movie the ser- i mean it's it's an amazing read if you're a batman fan and like getting into it because he goes into like the lives of the actors and and hollywood and it's a really really great book um especially for like the serials part of it and there, yeah. He even goes back before the serials and talks about like um, the Batman radio drama. It's here. I pulled oh, it up. Nice. It's called it's called Billion Dollar Batman, a history of the Cape Crusader on film, radio and television from Tencent comic book to global icon. And his name is Bruce Scavalli, S-C-I-V-A-L-L-Y. But um, it's, it's not a quick read. It's like 450 pages, yeah. although you don't have to read it sequentially. Like you could just. Like if you just wanted to read the chapter about Batman Forever, you could just read that chapter and not have to read anything before or after. So you could use it as like a reference kind of sort of yeah. book. But um, but especially for the older stuff, which I didn't really know a lot about, the radio show and 
the um, the serial and all the actors involved in it and what it meant. Like he interviews like people and gets, you know, or, or pulls up interviews of, of their take on it and everything. And it's it's really cool. Some of the stories of especially, you know, the serials weren't the greatest to watch, but they're really interesting, like the making of and all, all the background stuff on it. So but I, I really enjoyed that podcast. So I just wanted to let you know. Well, thank you. I, I did, too. And uh, you made me change. Uh, Ryan, my, oh, no, no, no. You made me <laughs> yeah. change my ranking and my viewpoint of the Dark Knight right Rises. I hated, oh, yeah. I hated that movie. Hated it. Because um, I'm like, my Batman would never stop because his girlfriend died. He would not uh, do that. Yeah. Um, that's not like, well, my parents died. That's my motivator for going out and fighting crime. Oh, my girlfriend died? Shucks, I'm going to stop being Batman. So it, that was like the one in the series where I remember watching it and you were talking about it and I want to say you made me tear up just a little bit because you started making I was, <laughs> you started making me think about what I was thinking about in the theater. Now I'm going to turn this into a Dark Knight Rises podcast real quick. <laughs> but Four hours later. Four hours yeah. later, yeah. <laughs> but I remember in the theater going, they're going to kill him. They're actually going to kill off Batman. And I was just scathing mad at it. So going through, then, you know, all the little, and what got me was what you were saying about all the little vignettes that they started doing, where, you know, Lucius finds that the bat, uh, the bat had been repaired, and then Commissioner Gordon's on top of, you know, and the music starts swelling, and I remember, like, almost wanting to choke back a, a tear a little bit in the theater, but it was more of like, this is not how my Batman went in. He would stand on top of a building and be looking out over the city. But yeah. hearing you kind of recap all of that and then seeing Alfred at the very end and then, you know, the Dark Knight rises at the end with John Blake, I was like, they they were telling a a story in and of its own. You could call it yes. an, an Elseworld story that it had a beginning and a middle and an end. And Rises started you know, calling back to everything that happened in The Dark Knight and Batman Begins, and I recently watched it. Because of that, I wanted to ask Terrence, my ranking went <laughs> from, um, was the Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then I was like, hmm, The Dark Knight Rises. I'm going to put Batman forever ahead of The Dark Knight oh my God. Rises. Uh, just just being funny, but uh, <laughs> yeah. because of that, The Dark Knight Rises, it, for my ranking now is Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. So, all right, awesome. Well, I, I still have Batman and Robin as number one. Nothing well, to top that. Obviously. But uh, uh, the thing is, to correct you, Rob, it, it actually wasn't his girlfriend. It was Two Face's girlfriend. It was just a girl he was crushing on That's for a long true. time. That is true. Yeah. That makes it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, uh, if you want to really get into it, we yeah. can. But because the, yeah. because the film isn't because in the the way the film's constructed, it's he didn't quit because. Rachel died. I mean, he quit because Batman wasn't needed anymore. That's yeah. I mean, and that's what they tell you. That's what the, the the film tells us. I know people can interpret it different ways, but at least the way the film presented it and the way I see it, it he stopped being Batman because Batman wasn't needed. His he he, he was there to do a certain mi- a specific mission, and that mission to him at the time was over. He Batman wasn't needed. Yeah. So, but and he was living his life, you know, without something to move on to. So if Rachel was there, he would stop being Batman, but the reason, the fact that Rachel isn't there <laughs> means that he will be Batman again because he needs he needs Batman at that point. Yeah. So that's the way I saw it. Yeah, and I mean, you say that, but my Batman 
did do that because I always liked the Dark Knight, Frank Miller, where that happens. And I always I really like Batman Begin, not Batman. Begin, I'm sorry, Batman Beyond, where, you know, Bruce Wayne yeah. kind of does that. So to me, it was, you know, fitting. And he comes back. And the, my only knock on the Nolan thing is I wish there was a fourth movie, maybe somewhere in between, because if you look at Nolan's mm-hmm. body of work with mm-hmm. like Inception and um, Memento and the Prestige, He's so good at a thriller that I just wish he would have made a Batman Riddler movie. Like, just, yeah. I, I just, you know, if only there was that fourth <laughs> Riddler movie that would have been, uh, that w- he, he would have just done so well with a Riddler interpretation, but oh well. Well, I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that uh, it did cause you to kind of reevaluate and, cause that's what those lists are good for, you know, it's like, Making you upset and be like, well, do I really think this or should I go back and give that a second second viewing and stuff like that? So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, The Dark Knight Rises has some a lot of some of my favorite uh, parts in the movie uh, and out of the whole series, just vi- the way it's visually shot and uh, how he pulled off the Catwoman character. I thought was really good. Um, at first, I w- was not a big fan of. Uh, how they had John Blake as being Robin. I'm like, oh, that's their way around the Robin wink wink thing. But it uh, it actually worked out pretty good that I I don't mind it now as much as I once did. You know what I find really interesting too about about it is on the lists there seems to be this thing of like an age gap where if you were yes. old yeah. enough yeah if you were old enough to like remember and really appreciate 1989 Batman coming out you seem to not like Batman Returns as much. But if you didn't know Batman 89, like if you just missed Batman 89, but you caught Batman Returns, then you really like Batman Returns. Yeah. And then, but those guys who like Batman Returns don't seem to like Batman Forever as much, where the 89 guys kind of like Batman Forever because they feel like, oh, it's bringing it back. So it's kind of funny how you can tell, because my brother and I are just off by three years, but... We we have that same thing where he just loved Returns and would watch it nonstop, and I was always like, ah, oh, it's just not as good, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's I I noticed that too, and I look very fondly at Batman Forever. I I enjoy it the day that I that I saw it, um, and I love '89. But Returns for me was like, eh, it's okay. It has some great Bruce Wayne moments in it, but. I always looked at it, it's a Tim Burton movie that just happens to have Batman in it, as opposed to be yeah. a Batman movie that's directed by Tim Burton. It's well, like it's March of the Penguins if it was done by Tim Burton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, I know you said you had your uh, trivia list uh, there. I, I do. Uh, well, I want to kind of hear your trivia list. We'll kind of close okay. out our, our topic. I'll you read your trivia list, and I'll just go through mine here uh, as now, well. Now, after after uh, we answered the questions, and they, they took all the papers and then tallied them up, so I was not able to retrieve my trivia list. I should have gotten it, but uh, I was like, whatever, because I didn't get the poster. So <laughs> after I got home, I tried to write down as many as I could remember. So one question was, what year was Batman created? We all know that. Yep. 1939. Uh, this question was interesting. It was, what villains... Pop, what popular villains never appeared in the 60s TV show? And then the first thing I asked was like, well, does that mean the villains had to exist in the 60s? And they're like, yes. So do you, And you got a point for each uh, villain, and there are three of them. Uh, take a guess. Guess Two-Face? Yes. What's, oh, man. So Mr. Freeze was in... Oh, Poison Ivy. Yes, Poison Ivy. 
Good gravy. Riddler was in. Penguin. Catwoman. Lola Lasagna. Yeah, I think you've got me. Uh, the third one was uh, Scarecrow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking he was more 70s. He might have been towards... He the- was actually created in, like, the like 1940 or something really? like that. I believe, yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm not turning in my poster. 1940, 19, 1943 in Detective 73. Wow. Well, no, actually, actually, he was even earlier. He was in, like, a World's Finest or something like that. Huh. And in 1943 is when they brought him back for like the second time. And then they and then there was a giant gap, um, you know, uh, which is probably why you don't remember because it was in, in the 19, early 40s. He didn't show back up again until 1969. Mm, okay. So, which that's a little sneak peek at my uh, uh, Batman uh, research segment that's going to be on the BUF podcast eventually. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's that one. Uh, the next question was, who is uh, Jim Gordon's most trusted detective? We all know that. That's yep. Harvey Bullock. Uh, what is the nickname for where Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered? That's Crime Alley. Yes. Uh, true or false, has Batman always operated out of the Batcave? False. That's Yes. Because of the penthouse stuff in the 70s, mm-hmm. plus, you know, other, other things. Uh and, this, and here are the two questions that stumped me, uh, which I d- didn't like. Uh, how many clay faces are there? Four. You got a guess, Terrence? Uh, five. According to Wikipedia, there was nine. Oh wow! wow. Uh, but the one he he thought the guy thought that uh, it was kind of a cheat, so it was eight. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> I was like. Between eight or nine. I'm like, well, if you don't know, if there's like an answer that you're unsure about, why do you even ask the question? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, because I, what I did was I tried to name out things in my head. I'm like, well, you got uh, Basil Carlo, Matt Hagen, uh, Preston Payne. You got like Lady Clayface. You got like probably one other one. So I was like five. And then uh, my wife was like, I don't know, eight. And he, and he, she actually got that question right, or according to the guy. Uh and the other question, which I'm so mad I didn't get, was uh, when Alfred died in the comics in the 60s, he was brought back as this villain before he was brought back as Alfred. And it was on the, it was one of those questions where if you would just have a- asked me, I was in my head, I could have told you, but like once you asked the question, I like completely got, st- <laughs> got stumped on it. So do you know what that character's name was? No, I, I never heard of that. No, neither have I. I had no idea that he died. <laughs> Yeah, so like they had killed Alfred off uh, in the '60s, and then when they were bringing the, sh- the TV show back, I believe that they they wanted to get they wanted Alfred back, so they wanted to bring him back in the comics. So they came up with this convoluted story uh, where this villain shows up. Uh, his name is the Outsider, and um, and then eventually Batman and Robin uncovered that the Outsider is Alfred, and he's just been like he didn't die; he's been brainwashed and all this. Uh, and that's just like a weird convoluted way that they brought Alfred back into the comics in the 60s. Huh. <laughs> I spell a special YouTube episode. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, yeah. yeah. Um, but so there you go. That that was that was all the ones I could remember. Um, I won't go through all 12 of mine. I'm half wondering if this was the kids. This has to be a mix because this is a printed three sheets of paper, uh, 12 questions. And, uh, you know, what was the Penguin's real name and Oswald? Yep. Um, 
when was the dark? I can tell you if 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 there was it was the same. Yeah, I should be able to, able to remember those. Uh, when was the Dark Knight Rises released in theaters? Uh, May fifteenth, April fourth, July twentieth, or March sixteenth, all of two thousand twelve. Uh, the answer is July twentieth. Yes. Uh, who created Batman? Obviously, it's Stan Lee. Um, <laughs> what is it? Oh, that was one of the questions. That was one of the questions that they asked for the adults. It's like who was the uncredited co-creator of Batman? Obviously, Bill Finger. Yep. Yeah, they asked that. Uh, what was another name they call um, Batman? Gotham's White Knight, Trickster, <laughs> Cape Crusader, or World's Best Cop? <laughs> and the answer is World's Best Cop. Um, uh, what is the main residence the, the, of the dynamic duo uh, called uh, Wayne Manor? The other ones were like the Bunker, GCPD building, uh, Old Town, which I thought was funny, uh, the true identity of the second Robin. So like real quick um, – I'm circling it. But Christian Bale is another answer on here, along with Jack Napier. <laughs> uh, in what year did Batman... You should have said, you should have said, well, the bunkers in recent issues of Detective Comics. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to be that nerdy, because I, I kind of knew that <laughs> one. Uh, you know, what year did Batman first appear? Uh, with Two Vases, real name. Uh, Bane is another possible answer, along with Thomas Wayne. Uh, oh, it was multiple choice. You should have said Paul Sloan. And been like boom, uh, two things, two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this <laughs> this was one that kind of stumped me for a second. I had to think about uh, in what country is Bane born? Your choices are Australia, North America, South America, or Europe. Is it South America? South America. I just I okay. remember like the city of Santa Prista. Like then I started going crap geography, Rob. Where is Santa Prista? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last three, uh, Mister Freeze's uh, wife's first name, Emily, Nora, Sally, Amanda. It's neither. Uh, of course, it's Nora. Because <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I kept hearing Nora from the Nora. animated series. Yeah, uh, Nora. Catwoman's first name, Selena. And then what does DC stand for? Dog Comics, Detective Comics, Day Comics, or Doctor Comics? <laughs> Doctor Comics. So, wow. They're, of course you could get all those right. So I mentioned that the guy uh, was a little nerdy. So he had a tiebreaker uh, question, and I didn't know the answer to this one. Terrence, this might be oh. in your wheelhouse. Uh, maybe you too, Ryan. Uh, there was a, I think it was an issue of Justice League International, I think, that Batman was in. And Booster Gold was trying to go back in time and prevent this one event from happening. And he fails over and over and over again. It's an event that's specific to the Batman universe. What event oh, is the Booster Gold trying to prevent? Barbara Gordon getting uh, paralyzed, right? Yeah. And yeah, I was shot by the Joker. Yeah, that was actually in the Booster Gold series oh, that Booster came Gold. out okay. uh, right after the series 52, not the new 52. It was before the new 52, but when they had that weekly series 52, 52 yeah. Yeah. and then they had some series spin out of that. And Booster Gold, that was actually a really good series. It Wasn't was that uh, Jeff Johns? Jeff Johns and yeah. uh, Dan Jurgens, and Jurgens did the art, and I think they co-wrote the stories. And uh, Booster, it was like no one really kind of knew who he was, and he was going through different, like, major events of the DC universe and, like, um, fixing things. Like, he ran into Sinestro, and he went back and met Jonah Hex, and, uh, yeah, he tried to 
they were, they were trying to do something that he had like a romance with Barbara Gordon or a friendship. I don't know. It was weird. But and, um, Blue and he was Beetle unsuccessful. Yeah, he kept whatever he did. He he. Every time he tried it, it didn't work. Yeah, but there was a whole lot of stuff with Rip Hunter in that and everything. Um, so like, but like Rip Hunter, he knew that Booster Gold was his son, but Booster didn't know that Rip was his. Uh, or I got that backwards. Like Rip Hunter knew that Booster was his dad, but Booster didn't know that he was like the future father of Rip Hunter and stuff. So it was pretty cool. It, that's a, that was a really good series. I yeah, guess I, all that. I guess Booster Gold should have just uh, went uh, into a different universe to talk to the, you know, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee and be like, "Well, oh, your guys are going to do like the new Fifty Two and bring her back anyway." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't know that. I thought, oh, obviously it's got to be the the Wayne's murder, and I, I I had already won at that point, so I wasn't answering, and like nobody had got it right, and so that made me go, I'm gonna have to track that down because that sounds. Uh, sound like a pretty interesting story, and I really wasn't. I knew there was a Booster Gold series, but I didn't realize it came out of uh, Fifty Two. So I may have to definitely check that out. I think they call it like Fifty Two Pickup or something. Is that yeah, what it is? Exactly. It had it on the um, the top of the first few issues. Um, yeah, that that was a really good series. Well, cool. That was. Uh, I'm sad you guys had a, a bad Batman Day experience, and <laughs> my wife and I walked away with these two prints that I've got uh, th- thumb tacked and sticky tacked to my wall, and I put it on a kite string and flew it around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like so nervous with it all day. They gave me the bubble wrapper that uh, all the prints came in, so I had my wife and I's print in there, and uh, we went to go. Uh, to Cheesecake Factory and eat, and there was this kid hopping around on uh, tables, Uh-oh. and he was running the length back and forth, and they weren't there at the time, so I thought, oh, I'll put this print right there. He started running back and forth. I looked at my wife. I'm like, give me the keys. <laughs> She's like, why? I'm like, I'm taking these prints back to the van, and we were clear at the other end of the mall, and we had just ordered our food, and I'm like, I'm running. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so I ate some cold food, but my Batman prints made it home safe and sound. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's going to close our topic uh, for today, and uh, it goes without saying that this is going to be a pretty big episode for the podcast. Uh, This is episode 45 of the show, and we will be covering two books I'm sure nobody had read. Obviously, I'm sure everybody had. Uh, Detective Comics Rebirth, 939 and 940. All right, before we get started, the cover credits on these two issues, I had to actually look up through a DC Comics uh, proper website as Mike's Amazing World has not yet updated uh, their comic resource database to uh, DC Comics Rebirth yet. So like I said, I'm pulling this off of DC Comics website. So things will be a little out of order how I normally uh, read them. Uh, the talent, as they have in their specs here, the art is done by Eber Ferriara, if I'm saying that right, and Eddie Barrows. So in our discussion, you'll hear us talk about uh, Eddie's art in a couple of different spots. So I think uh, Eber probably actually did probably some of the flashbacks and like some of the washes in the uh, artwork. Uh, the variant cover for 939 is Raphael Albuquerque, and the story is written by James T. Tinian IV. 
the on sale date is August 24th, 2016. And the uh, cover credits are exactly the same for 940. Uh, Raphael also did the uh, variant cover. And uh, 940 had an on-street sale date of September 14th, 2016. So without further ado, here is our discussion of the conclusion of the first arc in DC Comics Rebirth, Rise of the Batman. I think we're just going to dive right in uh, to these, and we'll just look at the cover um, of these really quick, and we'll start going into the book. So looking at 939, uh, from the previous show that was in continuity with this since we had the Robin Webb series in between, which you should definitely go check out. Uh, their fundraising campaign is getting ready to end here really quick if it hasn't already. Um, I don't know if we knew where this was going to go in 938 at all. Um, I think ever since the new 52 started, there was always that rumor. And it goes without saying, spoilers in this, so if you have not read these for whatever silly reason you have, hit pause, <laughs> go read these two issues because we're going to be spoiling them. Uh, but I don't, uh, since the beginning of New 52, there was always this rumor going around that Tim Drake was going to die in some various story. Um, in the death of the family, he was quote unquote odds on favorite to. Uh, be the person that the Joker was going to kill in that. He makes it through that. Uh, Court of the Owls, he makes it through that. A couple different storylines in Teen Titans. If any of you went through all 33 issues of Teen Titans like I did... Um, <laughs> uh, F no. Yeah, some, <laughs> sometimes the Tim Drake fans got to go through a pile of New 52 mud and read every issue. But I made it through... Uh, there were a couple times where he was going to die, supposedly, in there. So it felt like every story, uh, and Ashley uh, Kronk, who's a, a contributor to the show, has a Red Robin Facebook page you should definitely go check out. Uh, he and I, I think, and Terrence were always kind of going back and forth, like, oh, is Tim going to make it out of this one? Oh, he's fine. So we get into Detective Comics, and I don't think we had any inkling in 38 that, oh, this is probably another rumor of... Tim Drake going to die. And there was even supposed to be announcements at San Diego Comic-Con, and that went by. So I think everybody was pretty much like, well, another false rumor. So before we get in to the issue, did you guys have any inkling that there would be any kind of quote-unquote death or status quo for Tim Drake before we read 939? Oh. Uh, Terrence? Yeah, well, there was that rumor at San Diego Comic-Con, which apparently was like told to – maybe Bleeding Cool or one of those sites at a party. And so I still don't know whether that was like purposely done. Like that was DC Comics. Like they had a meeting and they had a plan to to do that. If so, that's kind of Bush League. I, I kind of don't like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely checking the Facebook page and um, just looking at some other, you know, Tim Drake fan sites like Ashley's site. There was definitely a lot more chatter, a lot more talk about is this it? This is the end. Here comes another dead Robin. It's their thing to do, dead Robin. Um, and so much so that w when we got to 940, um, I actually couldn't uh, wait. I woke up that morning, and at like 530 in the morning, I hit one of the um, 
websites that had a uh, synopsis and and read the whole spoiler synopsis and read the whole thing just because I kind of Terrence yeah, <laughs> yeah I, Terrence no. sent me a text what a way to ruin uh, a, a, yeah <laughs> he sent me a text very early in the morning and I was like I'm gonna hold out I'm gonna hold out and I ended up reading it oh, at boy. work yeah. somebody sent and me their I, digital copy <laughs> and, and later on as I read it I kept reading it thinking wow this would be so much better if I hadn't read that synopsis <laughs> so but yeah. then I kept wondering like oh my god if I hadn't read the synopsis and I got to this this beat or that beat like what would i be doing right now and would there be like all tear stains on the book or something so um as far as like my emotional manhood i didn't cry so thank you synopsis for not making me wuss out yeah <laughs> ryan i was trying to stay out of the rumor mill and all that and the only inkling i had was from you rob because with every issue you're like boy i hope tim doesn't die in this issue boy i hope <laughs> yeah. tim doesn't die in this issue and i'm like and i'm like Come on. I'm like, why would they do that? I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, they're they're setting him up for it, so they're not going to do it because they keep mentioning things uh, such as, oh, Tim, oh, is he going to go to college and stop being Robin? And it's, it, it's the kind of stuff you do before you kill a character off, uh, show that they had so much to live for and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And so I just thought to myself, there's no way they're going to do that. They just relaunched Rebirth. This is the only book Tim Drake's in. Um but now, but now that you know what's happened has happened, it, it makes it's you should have seen it coming. You know, oh, Damien's taking over the, te- the Teen Titans because uh, there's not going to be a Robin in the Teen Titans. You know, all these kind of things like make sense now. But at the time, I, I just thought there's no way they're going to do it because this is the headline book and this is what the book that Tim Drake fans want to read. So I, I, I wasn't unsurprised, but I was. I, I thought that they wouldn't do it. So, yeah. Uh, looking at the cover here for nine, and they kind of didn't. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they kind of didn't. Now, looking at the cover for nine thirty nine, I think it's more of an homage to Robin number one. But somebody pointed out that this is the exact pose of Nightwing New Fifty Two number one, where I mean you've seen it different times. You know, McFarlane yeah. doing the Spawn issue, and then when he draws Batman, that very same cover and pose. So I think it works as an homage to uh, Robin number one, but it's obviously the body style and jump for Nightwing New 52. But I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, I love the cover here. It's been my wallpaper on my phone and my iPad ever since this came out. And yes, Terrence, I want it as a poster. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just think it's really cool, and to see Tim front and center, I think I even made posts on Twitter and Facebook of like, okay, it's like Robin number one, Tim jumping out of the glass window and starting on this brave new adventure, and Tinyan loves the character so much, he's not going to do anything silly, and it's Tim, you know, becoming something else, doing something else, I didn't think he was going to get put in a glass jar, um, <laughs> So I, I love this cover. Absolutely love this cover. What do you guys think about the cover for uh, 939? Terrence. Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. And the, um, the the what is it called, the alternative cover oh, or yeah. the uh, variant, I should say, is pretty cool too, the blue and white. I like the covers. Covers are pretty awesome. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, that, when you said that it looked like an homage to Robin number one, that's, that's the first thing I kind of agreed with, but just because I want it to be, and it's – Tim Drake jumping with the, the same pose. I mean, uh, and yeah, it's it's like Nightwing too, but they're all Robins. So I think that's a either way. I think it's a really cool nod and it's a cool cover. Yeah, just to have just, just one Tim Drake final Tim Drake, you know, cover like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's just crack this thing open. Um, it starts in 
which we're assuming this is shortly after the uh, Wayne murders, where uh, we we don't see this beat a lot in comics, like a funeral uh, for the Waynes. It's usually uh, coming out of the movie theater, shot, and then bam, we're in Tibet somewhere, and Bruce is you know in the middle of training. So having uh, a moment between. Uh, Kate and her dad, and then uh, Kate and Bruce, I thought was uh, a, a nice little moment, and I really like, uh, it goes without saying, I think Eddie Barrow's art has been the best it's ever been, not that he's done um, a crappy job or anything like that, but there were some Nightwing issues in the New 52 that were okay, but I feel like he's firing on all cylinders uh, in this book, um, along with Tinian's writing, but the flashback scenes, I really like, they find new ways of doing some of the flashbacks and uh, just this kind of muted color palette, I think works uh, really well uh, here. The shot of Bruce sitting on the pew uh, with kind of a tear strolling down his eye and you see Alfred, you know, standing there, I think is just done, done very, very well. Uh, what'd you guys think about this uh, opening shot here and the kind of discussion going back and forth between Kate and her dad and then uh, Bruce and Kate, uh, Ryan, uh, I think it's just really smart because it's a time where we don't see, uh, it, 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 like you said, it's it's not it's something that you don't see too much of when you see Bruce Wayne origins, and the fact that you know he is related to Bruce Wayne and uh, Kane are related, you know, uh, Batman and Batwoman are related. It's very interesting to see uh, both Bruce and uh, and Kane together uh, as kids, um, and it's just something that you don't see too often. And it's and it's a nice little uh, brief moment that you see in this series because so far it's just firing on all cylinders and lots of action and then just to have the the this comic open with something like that is just really different and I thought that was a good call. Uh, Terrence. Yeah, I like the like you mentioned the different color palettes and the the muted tones. Um, it's one thing I always kind of thought about with Bruce Wayne. As a youngster, like, why didn't other family members come out of the woodwork? Like, why did they let just Alfred raise him? You would think that every aunt and uncle and cousin would be trying to get their hands on that Wayne fortune through trying to, you know, adopt Bruce Wayne. But it's one of those things where, like, well, it's a comic, so I'm not going to get too, you know, caught up in that. But it's, it is kind of interesting to see, like, other family relations and how all that plays into it. Um, and it's kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe what Gotham, the TV show, should be instead of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, you know, we're, what we thought was going to be the main threat in the book is kind of over as what the team kind of assumes. And we're back in the uh, Bell Tower and uh, Batwoman and Batman definitely have some talking uh, that needs to happen. And, uh, you know, kind of while that's going on, we get this really cool moment between uh, Stephanie and Tim kind of explaining uh, Tim's decision that he's, you know, kind of been wrestling with for the last couple issues of whether he's going to go to school or what he's going to do. But is being very respectable uh, of Batman and saying whatever whatever's going on uh, with the colony, he wants to wait till that's wrapped up. He doesn't want to. 
you know, burden Batman with his decision and is going to kind of wait. And there's just some really cool, sweet moments between uh, Stephanie and Tim that, um, again, is just another one of those beats that I think we've said before that Tiny was just hitting right on the head that made this feel like something that's very familiar while still cutting uh, new ground. And I really liked that. And then uh, we also can talk about the discussion between uh, Batwoman and Batman that they were. Batman was still kind of hiding secrets and, you know, he suspected uh, her father being involved and what she knew. So I just kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts on uh, these two little sections with uh, Stephanie and Tim and then uh, Bruce and uh, Kate uh, Terrence. Yeah, uh, like Ryan said, the more they set up, like, Tim's future, the more it's like, oh, he's not going to make it. Um, I I did like this (laughs) uh, scene, especially juxtaposing what we're going to do for the next issue uh, our next issue next episode of the podcast like reading four and five kind of their beginnings it's kind of cool i I like the way they drew like her like putting her arms around him from behind that Mm -hmm. was kind of like a cool like i don't know it's it's you don't see a lot of those like like soft little touching moments in comics as much um and then like the very last panel i guess it's not really in a panel, but it's on the side of Stephanie. Like the artwork is very different. It's like almost jarring. And at first I thought, oh, did they have to get like a different artist to do that? And then but then throughout the book, they kind of Eddie Barrows kind of uses that technique for a few other um uh, character, so it was kind of deliberate of how like the penciling this and the shading painterly and style. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of different. I thought that was kind of cool after um after I got finished with the issue and looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then on the next page, the uh, Batman, Batwoman uh, interaction, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of having a little trouble adjusting to Batman's new cape. And it's not the purple that bothers me. It's all like the the lines that look like little U's on the outside. It's it's yeah. just like it's a little jarring. Um, but um, when I when I read the books, if you remember the like one podcast we had um, Luke on. And he kind of said how he thought it was kind of insulting that Tim had to go through the training and that he was above that. And then, you know, the more I was kind of reading the books, I'm like, well, there doesn't really seem to be a reason to have Tim and have Batwoman on the team. Like they seem kind of redundant and you should either have one or the other as sort of Batman's lieutenant or second in command. And here I kind of make sense why Batman would have Batwoman and Tim because – he knew it was her father and he wants her close as possible to take him down. But, um, after that, it does kind of seem redundant to have both of them on the team. So let's get rid of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Batwoman. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just definitely more set up for what's to come. And, um, it is around this point where, Oh, they're having all these moments where Tim and Stephanie are talking and, and then I, I think maybe around it's around this point where I started to get kind of worried. <laughs> Just uh, and by the time we get to the end of the issue, we're I think we're going to get really worried. So yeah. Um, and- uh, hey Rob, did you guys ever see the episode? I bring everything back to the Simpsons, but there was one Simpsons where Homer goes to like. Uh, VHS Village, which used to be Bader Barn, and he's <laughs> he's that. watching. They got, yeah, they got McBain on uh, 
the TV and like it's McBain's partner and he's like, I just got six more hours to retirement and then you know me and my wife are gonna live the good life and I bought a book. Oh boat. yeah. It's called the Live Forever and you know, like all these great <laughs> things that are coming and then of course he gets killed by the the guys it, you know and I'm like that's how I almost feel how it is with Tim Drake here right. I've got the scholarship to Ivy University Genius Grant and I've got I, I just bought a new car called the Live Forever Mobile and you know I'm turning in my last term paper saying I'm going to be the smartest guy in the world and have a billion yeah <laughs> um, and something else I really started to notice and I liked you know of course being a Tim Drake fan that Tim is starting to get more and more predominant in every single page I'm like oh we're getting a lot of Tim here Wait a minute. why are you giving yeah. us more Tim Drake is that a bad thing wait uh, he's on the cover just him what's happening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, this says Detective Comics. Did you actually mean to type Robin Red Robin series that will never go away again? Um, uh, seeing Tim go through, uh, you know, looking at all through the Ulysses files and uh, realizing that there is something greater that the team did not uh, count on, and maybe even Tim didn't see coming, and. Uh, where Tim says, I need everyone to the computer, this is not a drill, and everybody is starting to uh, uh, come into the team, and Tim is having to explain what's going on, and uh, realizing that all the citizens in Gotham, are, uh, or all the people that, I should say, that uh, Kane was wanting to go target, uh, the Ulysses drones are now being uh, sent out, so the whole team has to go out and uh, face all the drones and try to uh, get to Ulysses before uh, this is going to happen. They're going to branch off and try and get all of these key people so the drones can't get to them. Um, I really felt like the um, excitement and the the book started this really fast-paced read as I was going through it. Um, the pacing I thought was perfect. The panel layout was great. And uh, some just really cool shots of Batman and Batwoman on top of you know, like a chimney stack looking out across a city and Tim trying to go through computer programs and hack into the system and seeing uh, Stephanie and Cassandra and uh, Clayface going out, which uh, I don't know if you guys were surprised by uh, Clayface where Batman comes into the room and his dialogue was seemed off like, wow, I don't think Batman would say that. And then, Oh, I saw that coming right away. <laughs> the, the reveal of Clayface I thought was, was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, that, that kind of makes sense. Uh, so what do you guys think about uh, Tim finding out what's going on and then uh, each member of the team going out and uh, trying to track down before we get to our, our, our last big beat here, uh, Terrence? Yeah, you know, I thought it moved really well. I thought it was like a, a, like a really good action show or um, like a, a television drama where it just boom, 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 boom. You know, Batman's talking to the president. He doesn't even introduce himself. He's just like, you know who this is. Like, <laughs> I love that part. And then, uh, yeah, the, the, um, I, I missed it. I missed the whole Clayface, uh, being Batman until he turned and is like, get out. I was like, okay, that was cool. And, uh, I like the, uh, homage, um, to the to the dark night with the lightning bolt on the one scene mm -hmm. so i mean the artwork overall i mean really impressed me in this issue especially for a, a book that's coming out um you know every two weeks i know he's not do eddie barrows isn't doing you know and is two issues every month you know but you know that's still you know they, they've they've kept the pace it's come out on time and it's been really impressive and yeah i just felt like it just was like 
ramping up and ramping up and almost like uh, the way Frank Gorsh and the Riddler, like there's talks and it just gets right, you know, like that spiraling r- ramping up. So, yeah, really good. Ryan. As soon as Tim says the drones only have one target in Gotham City left, me, I'm like, oh, <sighs> Rob was right. Rob was right. Dang it. Um, yeah, the, the thing about the one of the standout things of this whole entire arc um, of Detective Comics is, is is the pacing and uh, the fact that it comes out. It's come out every other week, and the story is just so kinetic and flows really well. It, I can't wait to read it when I when it comes out. And there's some really nice flow to all these issues, and this one is definitely like the uh the penultimate you know chapter bef- before the story is over and it it certainly feels like it there's a lot of action a lot of energy and it is like that last big twist or gasp moment of a you know uh, season finale of a show or some the tv show or something like oh, that yeah. where where all the stakes have are have risen and uh you know everything's on the line and uh you know there are going to be consequences for the characters which is something you don't get a whole lot in comic books so it's it's really cool to see, and um, uh, I can't wait to see where it goes from here. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those moments where, like, okay, it's all building up to this, and Tim's Tim's about to do something stupid here. Yeah, reprogramming the drones and uh, Stephanie frantically calling into Batman and not using uh, code names uh, and it's a code name spoiler. And uh, she's like, I don't care about the stupid, your stupid code names and getting through to Batman, what Tim is about to do. And uh, Batwoman looking at Batman saying, you don't have to do anything, just go. And Batman cannot get there fast enough. Um, There are some, these last couple pages just, again, I I sound like a broken record, but Tinian really knows his Tim Drake. And he should from Mm -hmm. saying, you know, he's uh, a fan of the character and, you know, Batman trying to get the Batwing there, and it's like, I don't care how fast, if you have to break the sound barrier, you've got to break any type of land speed records, or, you know, whatever it is, that he's got to try and get there as fast as he can. Uh, Tim, so I'm going to read this. This is, uh, you've done the math in your head a hundred times. This is a problem, uh, not a fight. And there's nobody smarter than you in the city. And then you get the final splash page. Okay, drones, let's dance. And just this beautiful mm-hmm. shot of Tim, which I'm assuming is probably the snow cover streets. At first, I thought maybe it was the uh, ice on the ground or something like that, but just this beautiful shot of Tim and then hundreds upon hundreds of drones. And then you said it perfectly, Ryan. It's like, tune in in two weeks for, you know, the season finale <laughs> of yeah. Batman. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah. So I don't know about you guys, but that was a long two weeks. Uh, oh yeah, you know, uh, just uh, thoughts for for the end of this particular issue. Uh, let's start with you, Ryan. That well, so once you get to the end of the issue, it, it well, something I'm pretty surprised about that 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 Tanyan has done here is when you see things like this in comics and you know something bad or like a death or something like that is going to happen to a character, it's it's really easy to try to find flaws in it. Like, well, why couldn't they have just done this? Or why couldn't mm-hmm. they just do a EMP pulse and blow all the drones up or whatever? But the the story does a really makes a really good case of why this is happening and why you know the Batwing can't get there, why Batman can't get there, why why uh, Tim had to program all the drones because 
he couldn't reprogram them. They have a certain amount of targets, and the only thing that he could do with the time he had was to just change the targets that they already had to one of the targets that were already locked in, so he has to be the target. So he's thought a lot about how this scenario is constructed, and then in the next issue, there's even more of that um, where they where you say – like even if you would come up with uh, different theories about like, well, why can't they just pull in this uh, random DC Universe character to help or do this or that – they kind of address a lot of that uh, in the next issue, which I do appreciate because, you know, uh, on one hand, you can say, well, it's comics and they can just you have to make some concessions. But on the other hand, this and especially in the next issue, this comic starts to really tie into some larger DC Universe stuff. So I like the fact that they are addressing the that, uh, you know, this is the only way that this scenario could have played out. Terrence. Yeah, you know, I I really like how uh, on the second to last page, or not second, uh, third to last art page, like the look on Batman's face of like shock that when spoiler says he's taking them on himself, and then when you turn the page, the intensity in Batman's face of him trying to get there in time, but knowing he can't. I thought it was a a pretty cool thing that Tim did because I mean he could have turned all the drones on some like criminal in Arkham Asylum and just had them kill, you know, uh, you know, the Joker or some, you know, Mr. Zaz or someone who really probably deserves it, but he doesn't, you know, it's, it's a really selfless act to take him on himself. Um, I still though, at, at the end, still didn't think he would die in the next issue. I still thought, yeah, they're going to do something. He says it's a math problem. Maybe he can take his self out of the equation by like having some kind of teleportation device or those, doors that midnight are used in batman and robin eternal or something to get him out of gotham or there might have been some connection to the uh batman beyond tim who was in the past or mm-hmm. something i thought something i thought they'd do something or even possibly do like what they did in the movie wolverine where he dies but then he's brought back to life or something so i, I thought i still at this point thought ah, no they're they're not going to kill him they're not going to kill him one of my running theories was Clayface. We've seen Clayface shapeshift a number of times through the series so far that it's going to look like he's dead, but it was part of Clayface, and the real Tim Drake comes out and goes, ha-ha, I fooled you, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, and like you said, Ryan, there were all these different reasons, like, well, you know, we the, the portals aren't going to work because such and such, or this DC hero can't be here because of X, Y, and Z, where you're like, man, quit trying to make it harder for Tim. <laughs> uh, let's just get right into 940. Uh, when this cover was initially solicited, Tim was on the front cover, uh, right in uh, uh, Two-Face's arms right beside, well, not in arms, but kind of where uh, uh, Two-Face, Clayface, rather, too many faces, uh, right next to Batman, and I think I even put on the Facebook page, if you go back and I go, oh, apparently the rumors of Tim Drake are false because Tim's on the front cover. They wouldn't put Tim on the front cover unless, you know, you know, it's a bait and switch. Well, then the week of this coming out, the actual cover uh, <laughs> shows up with Tim gone and then this robot so smart <laughs> soldier, which, you know, fooled this podcaster right here to where I'm like, oh, holy crap. Uh, then the variant cover comes out with Tim holding his cape, and it's this, you know, just red and orange colors. I'm like, oh, man, is he hanging it up? Is he starting to quit? Or is this the memoriam issue? Like, what is going on? 
So, and I had just put up yesterday uh, Eddie Burrow's first cover to this, where the uh, colony member on the ground is actually Tim Drake, and then this like ghostly image of Tim next to Batman. So, what were your guys' thoughts on the cover of 490 Terrence? Yeah, that, that, oh gosh, when when I saw that the cover had been redone, that was just like, oh, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they got to kill him. And it it makes me wonder. I, I really want to know where the decision to kill Tim Drake kind of came from and how much of it James Tunnian thought about doing and how much of it is because they want to eventually use him in whatever Rebirth series. Because we know that there's going to be hints about, like, I'll call it like a Rebirth series, but I don't know what they'll call it. In about two years, they're going to come out with something and that there's going to be hints and clues in books throughout the next two years leading up to this. And we think it has something to do with the Watchmen because of what was in the rebirth special and, and the comedians pin that Batman found. But it, it makes me wonder the people like Jeff Johns who are working on that series, what are their plans for Tim Drake? Was it kind of brought in and like, Hey, we want to use Tim Drake for this. So we got to get him to Oz, uh, you know, this way and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or was it like, uh, w- you know, you know what I'm saying. Like with all that, like I'm just wondering where did it all come from, which is why I'm not so doom and gloom about. Oh my gosh, no more Tim Drake for so long because I think maybe there might be some very big heavy hitters at DC who've got some big plans for him. So we may be, you know, getting some really cool stuff, or I'm just worried that it might be like the uh, Black Lantern Azrael. Where he was in like one Boo. panel, in, yeah, one <laughs> panel in the background of uh, Blackest Night, and you're like, that's Boo. it, um, yeah. <laughs> so I just don't want like one panel of Tim Drake in a prison cell in this series, and then he gets released. So, uh, but uh, anyway, that's I don't even what what were we talking about the cover? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, Ryan. Well, to to that point, Terrence, there I just sent you guys a link. I, I sent Rob this too. There's a there's a Entertainment Weekly article about with uh, James Tynion about this issue and this arc, and I'm pretty sure he says that uh, it, it makes it sounds to me that it's, this is something that that uh, DC editorial was going to do anyway, and then Tynion loves Tim Drake and and thinks he's one of the most important characters in the DC universe, so. They, I think DC was going to try to kill him off or take him off the table anyway, and Tiny saw that as an opportunity to to give him a, a good send off in this book. Um, so that's that's kind of what I think happened. I think it's something that that DC wanted to do first, but as we'll, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it. Um, I think in in doing what they did, kind of uh, has made Tim Drake one of the most important characters in the DC universe at this point. Because of what's going to happen with him, we just might have to be a little bit patient. Yeah. But uh, the the cover thing I thought was very interesting. You know, the the they usually don't go to to this big of lengths to to throw readers off, do they? With alternate covers, I mean, sometimes they just don't show you the cover until it comes out, right? The the last one that I can remember, and I know there's going to be probably more that people can pull up, but a more recent in the New Fifty Two when they killed off Damien. That particular issue cover was, you know, just a, right. uh, a Batman and Robin. I don't know if they were jumping Logo. through the glass window or something like that. You you saw them there, and then we got the oh, actual okay. cover day of, and that was solicited, you know, like months in advance. 
Right. So I'm, I'm, I know that there's probably been others, but that's been the most recent yeah. uh, that I can think of. So it's not something that they do a lot, but it was enough yeah. that I think it fooled a lot of us into picking. Yeah, I mean, up. I'm, I'm just looking at the original cover, and all they did is that Tim Drake was there uh, in front of Clayface, and all they did is just take Tim Drake out. <laughs> so it, it kind of works both ways, I guess. Yeah. They made that with that in mind, they must have. And even that there is like a utility belt draped across, um, you know the the soldier that's there. And if you look at the actual black and white that's on the uh, Facebook page, you can tell that that bottom half is Tim's legs. You can see where the utility his utility belt is, and where his uh, pants are tore there just a little bit. Then they superimposed the soldier over top of. So um, that's this- weird. So you're saying that the 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 guy at the bottom is supposed to be Tim? It's supposed to be Tim. Yeah. If you, but they uh, ended up not doing that? Yeah, that they uh, superimposed uh, the soldier over top of, because on the original cover, Tim is still in the same place next to Batman, but he's also on the ground. And he's drawn not as prominent as the other, almost like a ghostly image. Not quite, but you kind of get the idea. So it's Oh, like like he's seeing himself dead yeah, or something? Yeah, something, something yeah. kind of like that. So it's very subtle, but... Um, but in the actual cover, that doesn't come across because Tim's not there. It's just, it's still just a, a drone guy, a, a drone, you know, a Bat, Batman guy. Yeah. yeah. So it's very interesting. Um, this particular issue, um, we could go. Uh, this was something that I, you, Terrence, yeah, that you, we were talking about that you had read the, you know, spoilers ahead of time, and I was really wanting to read the spoilers, and I was just trying to hold back as long as I could, but. Working where I do, I don't get off work till five o'clock. And somebody's like, "Well, just stay off of Facebook." And I'm like, "I am not going to be able to stay offline." So I talked to a friend of mine, and they had a digital copy. It sent me the digital copy, and then my reader, comic book reader, wouldn't open it. So I was like, "Forget it. I'm just buying the issue digitally. And I'm going to read it." So I read it over my uh, lunch hour, and I will be honest. Uh, as I was going through the pages <laughs> of this. I started welling up just a little bit like this. I've never understood uh, personally. Like I, w- I was upset when Damien was, you know, killed off like, Oh, they killed off Damien. That sucks. You know, I liked Damien, but I've never had like my favorite character, my favorite literary thing, you know, die like so many, Oh, Spiley killed Spider-Man off. And people, you know, were sending death threats and, you know, all that type of stuff. I'm like, it's a comic book character. They're going to come back. And, I don't know why people are getting so upset, but reading I'll go this, read to my, my Red Robin series now. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I started kind of, not that I'm going to write a nasty letter, but I started going, I'm kind of understanding that this is a character that I have loved since 1989, that I'm collecting all these series. I am doing a silly little podcast for the character, and I'm starting to get emotionally involved in reading something that I paid two ninety nine for. Like I'm having that disconnect, like Rob, it's a comic book, you know. Your grandparents are still very much alive, but then that starts, you know, I'm starting to equate some of that. Like there's time in history that I've spent on, you know, road trips reading comics and, you know, different rough patches in your life. Maybe you kind of were that person that you start reading through comic books and going, This got me through my dog dying or whatever those things are like, Oh, one of the best summers I had, you know, I took this 
Robin Book and you know my friends and I were talking about it. So you kind of compile that all that in the emotional story that they're telling here. And every page, I was like, "Come on, Batman can do anything. He's going to get there. He's going to show up at the last minute, and it's not happening." So um, every last panel I thought was just so beautifully done. I think you said it once before, Ryan, that you can start making excuses like, well, this could have happened and you know, we could have got out of it this way. And you start making excuses for the thing that maybe you don't want to read or happen. But again, Tiny told this story so very well, I, I have a really hard time trying to find a fault in the story of going... Well, they killed off Tim Drake. This comic sucks. You know, I'm like, oh, I can't believe that happened to Tim, but this comic is so good. And uh, he even put out something on Twitter, I think, a few days before this came out, where he's like, trust me, wink, wink, was his tweet for the day. And I started going, you know, we've read these interviews that this is his favorite character. He surely isn't going to kill off his favorite character. Um, so... I kind of want to keep this section just kind of loose and just talk about what we're feeling. Uh, even having uh, Kate's father realizing what Tim is doing, that he's trying to get it to stop. And then, of course, you know, Kate comes uh, crashing through the window and starts beating the ever-loving tar out of him. Um, the beats that I want to talk about between the three of us here um, is the page between where Tim's on the ground and... He's defeated the first wave of drones, and he's starting to have that conversation uh, with Batman. And um, uh, th- this was probably the, the first part of the book that I was just a little like, "Wow, this th- this is getting real really quick." And I started, you know, like time traveling in my mind to the to the Robin series, and you can just kind of get the history uh, between Tim Drake and Batman. I thought it was just so well written, and. Um, where he's, you know, telling Batman that, you know, thanks for everything that you've done and uh, tell them, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, tell Dick and Damien and Jason and Alfred and all of them. And Batman just like, you can almost hear he's him. like, don't yell, say it. Don't what Batman. Say. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to shut up for a minute. Uh, Terrence. Oh, man, where do you even start? Uh, you know, I, I like I said, I read this kind of knowing where it was going. So, like, emotionally, I was kind of, like, in check a little bit and was more, like, looking at, like, the craft of, like, well, how did, you know, uh, Tinian and uh, Barrows – it was Barrows on the art on this one, right? Uh, How did they – how are they doing it and what what kind of, you know, quote-unquote death are they giving Tim? And I thought it it was really well. I was like, man, he's getting – they're giving him a hero's death. It's very logical. It's it's self-sacrificing. It's it's giving, you know, the ultimate sacrifice for his friends, for his city, for his, you know, for his beliefs, um, you know, the intensity on Batman trying to get there. But, you know, you know, he can't get there in time and he knows he can't get there in time was really, really well done. Um, and I just thought, you know, I just thought it was just really, really well done. Really respectful of the character. Um, really, what you'd call like a hero's death. I think of like in the movie Three Hundred when uh, one character I don't know his name, but was talking about like how they all want like a hero's death. They all want like a noble death. And I was like, he's getting like a three hundred death here. He's getting you know the noble death. 
Um, and then my other thought was like after Damien dying and all the stuff Bruce did to try to get him back and kidnapping Frankenstein and going to apocalypse and all that stuff, like he's got to do the same thing for Tim. But then Tim is like completely vaporized. So there's no <laughs> no bringing him to the Lazarus pit. So I thought that was even well done that it kind of addresses you know any like resurrection stuff with the Lazarus pit or what what went on with Damien so um you know and then that the the two panels pretty much being silent um and when everyone's reaction to it i just thought just was really really well done uh Ryan so yeah i was super excited when the issue came out and you know i've gone through uh, i've told you what i do on on Wednesdays so that's that's what i did i just the clock hit 12. I jumped out of my desk at work, ran across the street to the comic store, drove straight home, um, threw some kibble at the dog, <laughs> and uh, and and tore through this thing. You know, just um, and yeah, it's it's definitely an emotional beat. It's it's very it as big as the last issue was. This issue gets very small very fast. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I mean, it it gets very tight you know with the characters and the story and everything and it takes its time that's the good thing about this is it really takes its time to 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 show you the emotional weight of of what's happening to tim drake i thought it was interesting that they they ended up doing two waves of drones um i was like oh is that really necessary shouldn't he just (laughs) fight the one wave of drones and then that's it but um it does kind of show you that there's this you know impossible Aussies up against like wow it shows you how good Tim Drake is that he was able, actually able to get through that entire first set of drones. Uh, because when you start reading the issue, I was like, oh, here he is. He's fighting the drones. And they're like, oh, he beat him. I'm like, oh, well, he beat him. <laughs> and then there's like another, and then there's another wave. And at that point, um, it's, it's pretty obvious that, okay, well, they're not, he's already, he, he spent, he's on his last leg trying to, to beat the, this first wave. And now there's a second one. Now there's just no way that he's going to get through it. And when Tim starts, you know, talking to Batman and the second, the panel where Tim asked Batman, uh, if the people are safe, that's when I was like, okay, he's, he is ready to die right now. Like yeah. that's, that's what, he, that's what he's doing. And then the next page, like it's just done so well where he just kind of sees his fate. He knows what he's, he knows what's going to happen and he's okay with it. And he tells the people he loves goodbye, and then he closes his eyes, and then and then that's it for Tim Drake. And it's it's so well done, and and now Tim Drake can join all the other Robins um, in uh, at least one death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and which was... I think that I think that must be an hour rite of passage for uh, for Robins. Like every single Robin has died, including Stephanie Brown. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it died in some way. Or another, whether it be a fake out, fake death, or a real death, two have really died, and now three have faked a death in somehow, or were made to be a fake out. Um, the the panel layout between Alfred and Duke and uh, Cass, and seeing Nightwing thrown there, of a look on Clayface, which yeah. is kind of a very similar look to. Um, where he's in the movie theater, it's a little callback to him being sad there. Um, seeing Batman run through fire again for yet another fallen Robin, uh, just screamed death mm-hmm. of the family. Um, 
and then something that you said, Terrence, with Batman holding Tim's bow staff. This this was the moment because I'm not reading this on paper. I'm reading it on my phone. I remember just staring at that, and I was just like, a son of a gun. Like there's oh there's a trap door underneath the ground, and Tim hid under you know you know BVS style where Batman jumps under you know fallen debris. There there's none of that there, and uh, just the anger. The, the sadness on Batman's face, and then the longer the the panels go, that's that sadness just turns to anger, where Batman is upset at uh, what Kane has done, and knowing that the daughter of the man that you now have hatred for is standing right behind you. All of that being said, as hard as that was to kind of read, seeing Stephanie get home and take off her mask. Um, yeah, at crying, and then to find out Batman is there, it was. I felt like this was like a gut punch after a gut punch after a gut punch, mm-hmm. uh, and then the big one is Stephanie holding the letter to Batman, and probably one of the expressions that you don't see Batman hardly ever do is the look of shock and sadness, and the panel that really got me was Batman's hands trembling yes, as he's absolutely. reading the letter and the letter drops to the ground. I was just yeah. like, that, that, that took my breath away. I and mean, then seeing yeah. uh, spoiler and Batman reach out. So I just kind of want you guys to uh, talk about these uh, last few pages here, Ryan. It's, it's very rare. And I, and I bet that this is also something that like DC pays a lot of attention to. It's very rare to see Batman act this vulnerable you know, you see him act pissed and angry and whatever, you know, it, when a Robin dies. But this, they've really shown that this is really affecting Bruce, you know, because this happened to him before. He's had people die and he hates it. And you see him talk to Spoiler and he's almost like, okay, Robin's dead. I have to be Batman. I have to keep it together and keep the team together. And he goes to talk to Spoiler and then he's almost okay. And then as soon as she shows him the letter, he just... And that look on his face, and then like you said, Rob, like that panel where his hands are just shaking, because you can just see that, like the the sadness, the anger, the the shock, uh, in that one small panel, and it just shows how, you know, how distraught Batman is over this, and it's, you know, it's it's crazy, you know, and then in the next panel, there's when he looks back at spoiler and. I almost don't know if it's is that a, if it's a, supposed to be a tear coming from Batman or not. You know, you see the panel with Batman and Spoiler, you know, uh, embracing each other over Tim's death. It's all these scenes, you know, it's in other comics, you know, a lot of times things like this can seem pretty disingenuous or you don't really feel the emotion for the characters. But I think it's a combination of Tim Drake never dying in the comics, us loving Tim Drake as a character and it's just a testament to the fact that um, Tannion has written this building up to it, you know, it, to both reintroduce everybody to all these characters and the relationship with each other that by the time that you do get to these points, it doesn't feel forced or, you know, half-hearted or whatever. You really feel uh, – you feel for Tim Drake and you feel for the characters. So it's it's sad, but it's it's really well done. Uh, Terrence. Yeah, uh going back where you started off the bow staff surviving and then Batman holding it. And that bow staff became like such a symbol of that Tim Drake Robin, even though it was kind of used by like uh, Dick Grayson uh, in like the animated series. But that was basically copying the new 
you know, Dick, uh, Tim Drake, Robin, you know, anytime you saw that Bo Staff, it was basically Tim Drake, or they were copying what Tim Drake, um, and uh, so for him to hold that like that was really, really a, a good beat, and then <clears throat> I like what he did because, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that, I like what James Tinian did, um, where you just kind of see just a quick reaction of everybody on that one panel, like Nightwing and Clayface and um, the Bat, but um, you don't get a lot of them. You just get Spoiler and Bruce Wayne Batman because those are the two that would have the deepest connection with Tim. And, you know, like Clayface was probably like sad about it, but he just kind of, he probably didn't know him that well either. So to, to just focus on just these two instead of trying to show us everybody and everything was perfect and yeah the vulnerability in batman is awesome the the way the eyes like i always like norm biography how he did the eyes with batman but it was completely ridiculous like it it was just you know <laughs> exaggerations and then the animated series did that with the white eyes too which there's no possible way the white could move like that but it was art it was expression here he's really expressive with batman's white eyes but yet it's not changing shape dramatically where it's unrealistic. So that was really good. And the shaking hands, like you said, and then the hug where spoiler and Batman embrace each other. It reminded me a lot of the hug that Tim Drake and Bruce Wayne did on top of the rooftops when Bruce was supposedly dead, but lost in the time stream. And in the red Robin comics, when Bruce and uh, red Robin finally see each other again, and Tim realizes Bruce is alive and they just kind of embrace and hug. It kind of, it was really a callback to that. So I, I thought this was all done really, really well. And um, I'm very glad I knew what was really going on. <laughs> because if I didn't and I was reading it, I would have, as they say in England, I would have been gutted right here. I, I don't. This would have been like an emotional uh, punch to the gut big time if I didn't know the last couple pages coming up. I was. And I stared at the last, uh, this last uh, panel right here before turning the page, but for you know swiping to the left, <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought to my head, swipe or no swiping. Like I don't, I don't want to swipe one, one more page, and then uh, we get to reveal the, the and the phone uh, reading it after the comic app does it so painstakingly slow. It's like black panel. I'm like, oh, it's nothing. This blue orb. Holy crap, that's Tim. Tim is staying there. He's saying hello. You know thinking is this the colony you know then the realization that tim has been captured that it's oz now they're not saying who this is do we think this is the watchman ozzy at this point or is this just the mysterious oz which you know the whole watchman theme is kind of the underlying rebirth you know thing that we've been kind of talking about so that's the odds on guess here hearing what you said in the article ryan about you know dc wanted to take tim off the table like they literally put that in the phrase here that tim is smart enough that he's pulling at threads and figuring things out that he shouldn't so he's been taken off the yeah. table for a while yeah they're fully acknowledging uh, how good of a character he is which is yeah good. so you know tim saying my friends are going to come for me and him saying that you know nobody even knows that you're here you know inferring that everybody thinks that you're dead so how is somebody going to come for you when they don't know you know that you're here you know his last lines you know my my friends will come um you just wait you know so you're right mr drake this isn't over not close to over so that there's something grander 
you know, in store for Tim. And some people have been making the argument that the two doors on either side could be the doors for uh, Bart Allen and uh, Connor Kent, because there's been a rumor for a while of a Rebirth Young Justice comic coming in a while, which uh, that would make me happy. I would like to hear a Rebirth Red Robin comic (laughs) before too long. Yeah. But that it ends right here and going right after the Monster Men, which could be a whole other topic here so going from tim drake has died to he's still alive was you know as much as i could stand up and cheer inside in the break room at work (laughs) i was just kind of like yes all right crap what does that mean for the tim drake character in comics and then i go wait a minute what does that mean for the podcast (laughs) so um yeah thoughts on the reveal of tim's uh, fate terrence yeah, I thought it was cool because it was a way that we can see how Tim's death affects everyone in the DC universe without actually having to kill him. Um, so it's kind of like we get our cake and eat it too a little bit. I like that they did it right away in the same issue and it's not two or three issues later or a couple years later where they, you know, fake us out and be like, oh yeah, no, actually he was teleported out exactly at that moment. Um, and the... Um, I don't know if you guys have been reading Action Comics. Action Comics has been really good, and yeah, this, um, mm-hmm. Oz, Mr. Oz, was in there, and he did the same thing uh, to Doomsday, and so he's got Doomsday right now too. So I thought one of those doors might hold Doomsday, might hold somebody, and I, I was thinking that maybe in the coming months we might be seeing a little more of this, like people we think are dying, but really they're. Um, being taken by Oz, and then it's it's no knock on the writing, it's just me, but at the end, when he's like, my friends will come, I just had that, like, I, I wanted to hear Mr. Oz do his best Jim Carrey impression when, at uh, Batman Forever, when uh, Chase is <laughs> like, counting on yeah, Batman's Batman, like, Batman, Batman, you say? I'm counting on it. So, I, we, we didn't quite get that, but that's how I thought he should have ended it. Well, Ryan... Yeah, that's, you know, the whole uh, thing about showing that that uh, the character that you just killed is still alive has done been done before. You know, we saw it in uh, Final Crisis with Batman in the in the Bat Cave, <laughs> drawing a, a Batman symbol or whatever. But but it was done way better here. Just mm-hmm. the fact that it's it's there's there's still mystery, but there's there's it's not uh, it's more than just a page. It's it's you can draw more story out of it. So it's one of those things where it's, it's nice to see it's re- and it's refreshing to see them fully admitting that, yeah, we're, we're just, we're not really killing them. We're taking them off the table. So they get to have their cake and eat it too. They get to have a, a cool story in detective comics, but also keep Tim off the table and use him for a larger purpose in the future. And that's, and that's what I think that he will be used for, you know, because they just fully outright said in the issue that, Tim is one of the smartest characters. He knows what he's doing. So if somebody's going to figure out what, where he is and how to get out and how to communicate with people and fix this thing, it's going to be Tim. So I think, uh, you know, who knows when, we're, when we'll get to see him again, but when we do, I think it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. And not only that, but the week prior, uh, the Tim Drake from the Batman Beyond universe vanished. 
So yeah, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I'm I'm super confused about that whole Batman Beyond. I read that last issue, but I'm like, what? I still don't know what's happening. So for those of you that maybe didn't read Future's End, there was a story going on last year that was right before Convergence uh, was starting, which spun into the Batman Beyond with Tim Drake. That uh, really quick that that Tim Drake had faked his death. Uh, that there was a battle like all the Titans had died. And uh, he was the only surviving one, went under a different name, and a brother I was going through assimilating the Justice League, and Tim <laughs> thought it would be better to hang up the bow staff and just work as a bartender. So Terry McGinnis comes from the future, uh, arrives five years too early to stop the events that were happening because Bruce you know, saw him through a time stream. So it's Terry tracking down various members of the Justice League that haven't been assimilated, including Tim Drake, and saying, you know, you need to get back out there, the world needs you, and all that stuff. So Terry ends up dying um, as a result of trying to convince Tim to come back. That's where Tim picks up the mantle of Batman Beyond, uh, thinks he saves the day in the very end of Future's End, and gets uh, transported to the Batman Beyond universe, only to find out that... Mm -hmm. uh, he has not, in fact, saved it. It's made things worse. So it was a possible future story. Uh, so if you're reading the New 52, it was set about five to ten years. Maybe I think they set it seven, a point seven years in the future that the future's end events were going on. So when Tim so, thinks he, yeah. So th so is this the? So my question was how how could they have both series going on at once. So so what you're saying is the Future's End thing kind of split off into its own possible future timeline or something? Yeah, the, those events okay. got got skewed that they said it was tied into, like, the New 52, like, if we continue telling stories, we will end up in the Future's End story timeline. Because okay. Tim had changed the future, it sp split it and fractioned it off. So some people were saying by Terry McGinnis coming back, um, and I've, I was spotty in reading the Batman Beyond, so I can't talk about it intelligently. But Terry McGinnis comes back, so people were saying, oh, since Terry comes back and assumes the mantle of Batman Beyond, Tim is the last surviving remnant of the Future's End timeline. Uh, so he just so vanishes. he gets erased from existence. He like gets erased from existence. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's of two, two stories. Either Rebirth is... Totally tying every timeline of the DC universe, or that's their way of saying, okay, the Future's End universe is never going to happen. So, uh, gotcha. So that's where that tied in. So what we have been saying before, you know, Tim Drake could have you know two deaths in one month. So uh, there's people are making arguments that Tim that there's two Tim Drakes being captured right now. That maybe one of those cells are is Tim Drake beside Tim Drake. You know type of a deal so we'll, we'll have to wait and see but it's sad to know that this rebirth storyline like terrence said is a two-year plan so it's not like in the next issue detective comics we're going to get some side panels of you know tim trying to pick a lock to get out it could be six months from now before somebody says hey let's see what other heroes mm -hmm. have been captured and maybe we get an insert panel that maybe we see tim pop up in a green lantern book or something like that because that's just where that story takes us Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to get uh, final thoughts here. I know this is going to be a longer episode, and I knew that this was going to be uh, due just to the nature of it being Tim Drake and 
us losing him for a while. So do you guys have any thoughts or feelings of where Detective Comics goes from here without Tim Drake? How much you know discussion is going to be had about Tim being gone? Um, and uh, it'll be a discussion of what we do here um, on Everyone Loves a Drake. Obviously, we're still going to do the 90s books. Uh, we do have characters in Detective Comics that were in the Robin comics. Uh, whether we choose to continue to talk at length about Detective Comics because it still has spoiler and Cassandra in it, or is it going to be a segment for us like This Week in Rebirth? So there's a lot for us to discuss probably behind the scenes, but just you guys' thoughts here on how this first story arc feel uh, finished and uh, just what you kind of think the immediate future holds for Tim as far as Rebirth goes. Let's start with you, Terrence. Well, first, Rob, um, because you peaked and read the synopsis, you're officially kicked off the podcast. So um, <laughs> even though I did it, it's cute when I do it. But for you doing it, that's unforgivable. So I the, know. the future of the podcast is not something <clears throat> you really need to worry about. Ryan and I will talk about that on our own. Uh, but right. um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start a podcast called Everybody Loves Damien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You'll have yeah. one listener. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, the uh, overall thoughts, yeah, I don't know. Kind of wait and see. Like, will will there will we be seeing kind of behind the scenes, Tim? Uh, what's going on with him every now and again, or is we just have to wait for the um, you know, the big whatever that rebirth series will be uh, crossover event in two years. Either way, I'm I'd rather see less Tim Drake, but then have it be really really great stuff where it's like this huge DC. Uh, crossover and he's a big part of it than just have like where we were getting with the Teen Titans where yeah he was in a monthly book every week but the books you know was terrible and yeah. you know he wasn't written very well and I wasn't even buying it so you know I'm I'm less is more for me is fine and um you know there's a lot of pressure on that podcast to be up to date I like doing the books from 20 years ago where we can kind of <laughs> you know take a very relaxed approach now all of a sudden like oh my gosh um but overall, this was the first story arc in the new Detective Comics, uh, The Rise of the Batman, and I thought it was fantastic. I love that it was renumbered to the old style, and we're talking about you know Tim dying in you know uh, issue nine forty instead of issue seven or whatever it would be. And yeah. um, my only knock on the whole thing, which I, I don't know if you guys felt this, is when the story started back in issue 934, on our very first page, we had three panels of Asriel. And the first three pages are, were with Asriel, and then we have not seen Asriel since. And I, I just got yeah. the sense from those first three pages that Asriel would be something in the book. So yeah. I wonder... If that was just, hey, I like Asriel, let me throw him in here, or if there's plans. Other than no Asriel, I think the book has been a A-plus slam dunk for me. Yeah, Ryan. I mean, he Asriel was in those first two issues, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I did ask Tanyan on Twitter, and he responded, and he said he had, he had more plans for Asriel in this book in the future. So hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see him sometime soon. Um yeah, so, I mean, in terms of the future of Detective Comics, uh, that uh, Entertainment Weekly article was pretty good because it does kind of talk about about that. And I think uh, Tinyan says things along the lines of, you know, in the next arc after Monster Men is over, obviously, um, you'll get to see, you know, 
why Tim was so important and how his death shapes the team and and uh, and all that kind of stuff. You know, the and some of the times that kind of thing can be really done really well. You know, in some of the times where Batman has died, you see uh, when you read some of Grant Morrison stuff for you know where you had Damien as Robin and uh, Dick Grayson as Batman. It's one of those things where if it's done right, um, you know, Bruce Wayne's not there, but his presence is still felt, kind of thing. Um, so I think we'll I think we'll feel some of that for sure in uh, future issues of Detective for for the time being. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm on the same page. I think less is more right now. I think the more that you're like, okay, it's, it was two issues, and here come we get to see what he's doing. Um, the old saying, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think the more that we kind of build up, and the more that maybe the team is kind of talking about it and maybe in a sense maybe some team members just moving on i could see to- uh, stephanie totally like just blocking tim from her memory because that's her coping mes- mechanism to get to get through it when we do finally see tim uh contact somebody or show up somewhere i think it'll be a much greater emotional impact rather than oh a month from now they sprinkle Tim Drake back in somehow that he has this weird device that he can only talk to Clayface or you know something something silly. I want it to be as meaningful as his quote unquote death was. I want his return or the time he talks to somebody uh, to be just as meaningful. Where we're like yes, this is what we've been waiting for. Um, and uh, I'm the same way with you, Terrence. This has been a ten out of ten, and I feel like Luke. Well, when I say this, that this very often, not very often do I have the uh, floppy copies that I feel like I have to go buy the trade uh, just because I need to buy the trade. This is one I'm going to want to have the trade mm. for just to sit down, pick it up off the shelf. Not that I don't want to pull out you know, the issues out of the filing cabinet, but this is one like, hey, I'm taking a trip. I want to take a book with me. I'm going to want to read this. This is going to be another one of those books that I'll hand somebody and go, this is why I'm a Tim Drake fan. This is why I'm a Batman fan. And I'm a fan of all of these characters because they were written so well. Um, it's It's been interesting for so long in the new 52 being able to say, oh, the Snyder Capullo Batman has been great. And Detective Comics is, eh, it's okay. It's, I feel like things are flipped. That Detective Comics is so good, and yeah. I find myself going, eh, "Batman's okay." Um, it, Batman is lower to the bottom of my reading stack. Not that it's a bad book, but this is the one I grab um, every week that it uh, comes out. So, um, if you're not reading Detective Comics, which you should be, if you're re- listening to this podcast, we assume that you probably are. Uh, this episode has gone on really long. I knew it was going to. Um, so thanks for sticking with us. Uh, real quick, uh, Ryan, where can people uh, get a hold of you and follow what you're doing uh, online, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at SMB underscore Ryan. I talk about Robin and Batman and Super Mario Brothers movie uh, and uh, and Crystal Pepsi and stuff. So if you want to talk to me, find me on Twitter there. And uh, you can also listen to me on the Batman on Film podcast. If you go to uh, bof.us.com, there's the main site, but it's also um, the, the head podcast of the Batman Podcast Network, which you can find at batmanpodcastnetwork.com. Excellent. Uh, Terrence, uh, again, brother, thanks for uh, doing the show with me. Uh, Ryan, it's great to have you on. Uh, This is where we will put a pin in it, and uh, we will come back uh, in a couple weeks for some classic 90s Tim Drake, back to when we have a universe of Tim being (laughs) involved in Batman comics. Uh, For 
uh, our guest, Ryan, my good buddy, Terrence. This has been Rob Myers, and you've been listening to the BatmanUniverse.net, and you've been listening to Robin. Everyone loves a Drake. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all related Batman characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for your entertainment purposes. There is no money exchanging hands at any time for any reason. I can't even find a quarter underneath my keyboard. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips as well. So there should be no need for you to send Lex Luthor's lawyers after us. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. You can now get a hold of the show in a few different ways now. The most recent is on Twitter. We are at ELTD Podcast. You can also now get a hold of us via email. It only took me two years to get one. So if you want to email in, you can do so at robineltdpodcast at yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And we are also on YouTube. In the search engine in YouTube, just type in Robin Everyone Loves the Drake and it'll take you to our YouTube page. And as always, you can message directly over at the Batman Universe website. So email, tweet, message us. We'd love to hear from you, and we will read your comments on the air. The show that you're listening to can be found a few different ways, through iTunes, Windows Media, and over at our host site, the Batman Universe. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It will help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We will see you in a few weeks. Take care.